All right. Here we go. Quiet. Quiet. Welcome to the Big Picture Podcast, where we take a look at the latest movie news, the films of today and yesterday, and put them all into some sort of context. So, seated across the microphone from me today is Film Buff Online Editor-in-Chief, Rich Trees. And seated across the microphone from me, every time we do this, is the one, the only <sighs> Film Buff Online Contributing Editor, Natasha Baginski. Every time we do this, man, you need to get more people on. Uh, I I would, but I enjoy the company I keep right now. Oh, I appreciate that. <laughs> Considering what we're about to talk to today, uh, talk uh, about today, I'm surprised you don't want to kill me by now. I'm actually okay with you know seeing it, and we'll get we'll get into <laughs> Taylor Swift the Eras Tour Woo! concert video, concert movie, excuse me, uh, in a few minutes. Uh, first, though. We need to, you know, do want to touch on a couple of quick things. Um, I guess, first of all, uh, to get the grim stuff out of the way, um, yeah. Pete Davidson last night, um, we're recording this on Sunday. This will drop on Monday of this week. Uh, Pete Davidson last night on Saturday Night Live gave perhaps one of the most thoughtful replies um, to what's been going on with Israel and uh Palestine and the Gaza Strip and that entire situation. It was nuanced. It was personal, but it extended out to uh, those involved. And I thought it was very thoughtful. And I don't think we've seen or, you know, anything like that from Saturday Night Live since maybe that first episode back uh, after 9-11. it was it was very moving, I, you know, and I wanted you to watch it. What what were your immediate feelings on that? Um, my first thought was he's going to talk about his dad dying in nine eleven again. Uh, sorry, it, it's just Pete Davidson is known for really like three things now: <laughs> his comedy, mm-hmm. which should be like item three, uh, his drug use, actually four things: the women he's banged. And um, the fact that his dad was one of the, the few souls yeah. who was lost during 9-11. Um, and I like that he took something that was very personal to him but and kind of reverberated it into, I actually understand what you're going through, and I'm so sorry for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's... It was probably something that needed to be addressed as, you know, Saturday Night Live often comments on what's going on in the culture, what's going on in the world Mm -hmm. at any given moment. It's not anything that they could do in terms of a comedic context, really, Mm -hmm. except, you know, right at the end, which, you know, when he says, you know, this is what this is how I cope. This is how I deal with it. I you know try to find humor. I try to make people laugh and I'm going to try to be funny tonight. Remember, Mm -hmm. I said try. Yes. (laughs) Yes, and that you know, I like that. Um, I thought that really uh, set the tone. Uh, it was good, and then oh my gosh, and then is I I know his you haven't seen anything beyond the monologue, but freaking funny and dark as hell. He came in dark and hot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it was as I said, he he pre- that was pretty much the uh, equivalent of you know putting on a condom and saying I don't care if you're lubed up, we're gonna fuck. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Yeah, these are our normal conversations, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, welcome to our craziness. Yes. You should witness a production meeting. Oh, wait, I think possibly you might have in the middle of our podcast. We've done on-air podcasts, but that, yeah, mm, that was was certainly a statement from you. (laughs) But Uh, an honest one. Yes, yes. Um, Speaking of Grim, we we lost a great this week. Um. The uh, one the, and only Piper Laurie of Carrie fame, as well as Twin Peaks. Mm-hmm. But uh, she's also been in The Hustler in so many good uh, Children of a Lesser God, nominated for two Academy Awards, or I'm sorry, two Emmys. And was it one or two Academy Awards? Now, now I can't find it as I'm looking at this. But um, um, it's it's sad. You know, I mean, she lived a great life. She le- leaves a great legacy of work. 
But, you know, it's always always sad when we lose somebody, even if they are at the age of 91 at the time. Um, she had a great life, a great career, and she has left us with a legacy that will carry on for many years to come. Exactly. Um, and um, I guess the only other thing we really need to hit upon uh, before we dive into our review of uh, this week is... I was at New York Comic Con this weekend, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, with the Screen Actors Guild going on, uh, Screen Actors Guild strike going on, excuse me, uh, it's been a little bit weird at that show this year. Obviously, you know, your actors can't be there to promote current or upcoming projects, um, which was a bummer. Uh, one of the, you know, perennial panels that they would have was for Archer. And usually the whole cast would be there. They'd do a live reading. Yeah. It's about the only time these guys are ever actually together because they all record everything separately. So there's a lot of joking around, a lot of fun. They're fun, vibrant panels. This year it was a Fox publicist or an FX publicist just introducing um, the episode that had just aired. We got to all watch that again. Um, And then – they announced uh, a three-part series finale called Archer Into the Cold that's going to air starting December 17th. And they showed us meh, the first first half of the first episode or so. So that was fun. I mean, that was nice. But at the same time, given what other Archer panels had been in the past, it was a little bit of a letdown. Um, I'm sorry. It's okay. I got a free T-shirt out of it. I know that, I, <laughs> that I'm wearing. Right I've now. never seen any of Archer, but I know how much of a fan you are, yes. and I'm sorry that I for th- its final season, that's what you got stuck with. Yeah, it it was it was disappointing. It is what it is, you know. And I firmly, you know, support the Screen Actors Guild strike oh, wholeheartedly. So we have signs. Up. Yes, we. I, st- <laughs> I still have my uh, SAG strike sign uh, right here behind me for. When I'm at stupid day job and when I have video calls, people will see that I'm a union man. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, and there were some other uh, press opportunities that I had that probably would have had actors included as well had the strike not been going on. The Star Trek Universe panel was kind of underwhelming as compared to other years because they couldn't have actors there. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it is what it is. It's not the show's fault, really. Uh, mm-hmm. it's not anybody's fault. Well, it's the producer's fault. It's the AMPTP's fault. Fuck those guys. But, <laughs> yeah. um, but Fuck overall, them. it was a good show. Lots of wonderful cosplay. Um, I saw a couple of, uh, Kamala Khan Miss Marvels, which was nice. Um, Aww. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> uh, actually, uh, yesterday as I was... Well, it helps that Jersey City is just right across the... <laughs> across the water there from the Javits. Well, I was on the ferry back to Jersey, um, back to uh, Weehawken to get to uh, to my car uh, yesterday, and there was a Miss Marvel on the boat, so I felt safe. Aww. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know... Again, you know, it's always great to see lots of family, lots of cosplay, uh, lots of cosplay I couldn't readily identify, which I think is just means that there's so much wonderful pop culture out there that and people are finding exactly the things they love and connect with. Probably a lot of it's also video games and anime, and that's something we're not as well versed in. True. Oh, yeah. I'm sure a lot. I'm I'm, there's a lot of anime stuff. In fact, I was uh, hanging out with. our good friend Joel, the editor-in-chief mm-hmm. of Tripwire Magazine from England. And I said at some point, I go, I really think if I just did something that looked like it was from an anime, but wasn't actually from an anime, that you could just pass by and people would still just think it's from an anime. Probably. Because there's so much. I don't think anybody really knows every single, you know, could identify every single thing. It's fun as you're walking along going, okay, there's some Mandalorians, there's some, there's a Spider-Man, there's a punk, there was a lot of different Spider-Mans, Spiders man uh, Spider-Men, um, <laughs> English majors, help me out here, um, from uh, across the Spider-Verse. Love uh, it. Yeah, it was fun. Um, saw a couple of Gwen Stacy Spider, uh, Spider-Gwens, uh, Punk Spider-Man. I um, every I, I saw one of the, the a cowboy Spider Man. Awesome! Yeah, I was I was like, yeah. Every t- year, um, in my memories, 
a particular gentleman from New York Comic Con <laughs> pops up in my in my memories on Facebook, and I'm like, oh, I miss him. I never spoke to him, but across the way from where we were standing, there was just this guy dressed as LaFors from Mallrats, <laughs> and I could see him standing out in the crowd, and I was like, that for me was one of the best cosplays ever because it's just so underrated. He, he looked like Michael Rooker too. No, yeah. that wasn't Michael Rooker who played LaForce. Oh no, no, I'm sorry. He looked like, but he looked like the guy who played LaForce. Yeah, too. yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was really close. There was some. I saw something. Oh, um, remember in uh, Star Trek Four when they're on the bus, the punk. Mm-hmm. There was a guy who was doing that cosplay on the ferry. Really? Yes. That's I, freaking I, awesome. I didn't notice it till I got up and as we were all getting <laughs> off the ferry. I look, I literally look across the boat. And I see him. I just give him a nod. He goes, <laughs> he, he shoots me a little thanks, you know. And uh, it was, it was awesome. You know, I was like, yeah, that is go, dude. So just, I lo- oh, yeah. I love that. That's that's fun when they do like some again more obscure cosplay stuff, but even from something like Star Trek Four. And um, we were talking a little bit as we were walking through the terminal. He goes, yeah, I was at the Star Trek panel, and there was a, there was a guy doing Spock with the white robe from Star Trek Four, like four rows up. I had, to te- I had to like push my way to get to him afterwards so we could get some pictures together. That's amazing. <laughs> yes. I, I love it when people pull obscure cosplays or even just iconic things that people don't tend to do. Like I didn't – I don't think I've told you this. Uh-oh. So, uh, you know I'm doing like a vampire slumber party with my girlfriends at the end of the month. Yes. And we're all choosing a different vampire to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I've chosen my costume. Oh, really? And it helps that it's in my own house. So I don't really <laughs> need to worry about going anywhere in this damn thing. Mm-hmm. I'm doing Santanico Pandemonium. Oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about one that does not get done all that much. That's true. That's true. Yeah. A character created by Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. <laughs> uh, who? It'll be heat dependent. <laughs> well, yes. Because I'm yeah. still having trouble with my heat. Mm. But, um, like, I, I know that there's going to be, like, people who will come as, like, characters from Vampire Diaries or mm-hmm. Bella from Twilight or one of the fucking Collins. Uh, you're going to have a Celine. There's po- possibly going to be someone who does like a va- um, a Victorian one. I, Aaron's a fan of anime. She might come as someone from, I don't know, mm-hmm. Castlevania. Okay, um, Vampire Hunter D maybe. She came as Kiki last year for when we did uh, oh, really? Witches. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's a great she one She came for as witches. Kiki's del- from Kiki from Kiki's Delivery Kiki's Service. I love Kiki's Delivery Service. It's so good. It, the, the... And I, but I didn't even think of that. When I was thinking witches, like my brain went through so many iterations and that was You were thinking Angelica one... Houston and – No, no, no. I actually went as a like very kind of – Practical Magic, Stevie Nicks kind of witch. Oh, okay. Um, not uh, Samantha Stevens' Bewitched Witch. No, I, there were just some that I just did not want to hit. Mm-hmm. Um, my girlfriend Marissa came as someone from The Craft. Oh, nice. Yeah, and uh, yeah, when she walked in and she got the big red bow on the top of her head, she scared her her little broom with her, and I'm like, Kiki, how the hell did I not even think of her? <laughs> And so I was like, you know, I'm going to try to pull something really freaking obscure and just not overdone in any way, shape, or form this year for vampires. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I was thinking about it, and uh, I was listening to some music. I had created, like, a playlist for it, and uh, what was it? Tito and After Dark from, from Dust Till Dawn came on. I was like, oh, oh, this is oh, this is perfect. <laughs> Ah, oh, that's great. That's great. Um, Easy got changed out of. <laughs> that too, yes. Um, but, uh, so yeah, so moving on, um, I think the big news this week is also kind of what leads us into our review. Really? Uh, yes. Big news this week, big box office weekend. 95 to $97 million for... Taylor Swift, the Eras Tour. Just Thursday night? Uh, <laughs> no, that's for the whole weekend. 95 to 97 million, somewhere in there. That's not bad. No, that's That's uh, one of the bigger ones we've had this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean they were hoping to break 100 million, they fell just a little short. Uh but you know, you're in 3850 screens. But don't forget you've... they still haven't counted today's. Mm, that's uh estimate. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, and that's as of uh, Monday, uh, Sunday morning today. Mm-hmm. And according to the um, Hollywood Reporter, you know, the official gross will hit tomorrow after we've dropped. So. Um, oh, I'm excited. Yes, uh, that's that's fantastic. It's always good uh, when people come out to the movies. It's good for the business. Um, every distribution executive who turned this movie down uh, is when kicking they themselves shop- when they're shopping when they were shopping around. No, they're not just kicking themselves. They should be fired. Yeah. Um, if I was if I was on a board of any, you know, like Warner's or anybody, and and I found out, wait, we passed on this. This would, the thing th- that broke Ticketmaster? Yeah. yeah. Fucking broke Ticketmaster and Boom. and tickets were going for thousands of dollars and you passed on the film for this? You're out of your damn mind. Exactly. Like, mm. you obviously don't want to make money. <laughs> yeah. um, now, just kind of glancing through the uh, Hollywood Reporter piece, too, here really quick. I see that overseas, the movie opened up between 31 and $33 million. Uh, across 94 countries, so that gives a worldwide total of 126 to 130 million with an M dollars. Whoo! Mm-hmm. Not bad for something on a what 35 million dollar budget or so. I I seem I to recall. I, I seem to recall the when they first it, announced yeah. it was about 35. Um, and man, uh, so let's get right into it. Um, yes. Are you ready for it? <laughs> I had to. I'm sorry. I had to. Okay, this is there. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, this movie is reaching people. Oh, it's, yeah. it's reaching uh, the Taylor Swift audience uh, who were out in force at the screening we were at just a few hours ago. Um, they weren't as bouncy in our screening as I'd hoped that they were going to be, but I think that was more of a case of it was 11 it's 11 a.m. on a Sunday morning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it was the only time we could get tickets because remember when we were originally – and this was like this was two days. six day- weeks ago? We- yeah, this was two days after they had, like announced mm-hmm. uh, the dates and tickets went on sale. We were looking at trying to get a couple of them. And Friday night and Saturday – there was all day Saturday was gone, and usually there's a couple of scattered seats, and the pit is usually open. No, every fucking seat was taken. Yes, it was nuts. Mm-hmm. So we, it was Avengers Endgame, yeah. Star Wars uh, opening weekend level of mm-hmm. uh, trying to get in. Yeah. Um. So honest, the fact that we were able to get in this quickly, I'm I'm still okay with, and honest, um. I, I want to give it the week, but I kind of want to go back Friday or Saturday night if I can get in to see it. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because I'd like to be in the crowd, in that vibe, and actually understand. I mean, I kind of got it. Yeah. I kind of got it. I mean, there was the, the <laughs> little girl who came down with the bracelets. Uh, yeah, I, um, I'm never getting rid of was, this, by the way. I know. that It was, was really yeah. freaking sweet that she was going around the cinema, mm-hmm. and she was just handing out these bracelets that she had made mm-hmm. to people and uh the the one you know i don't know uh teenage girl down a few rows trying to organize the mass picture that wasn't that wasn't a teenager oh that was an actual mom or something that or? was yeah she was probably about 40 oh geez okay i was i was kind of like okay i'm not getting into a picture so i wasn't paying attention to to how that was all being I organized want, i wanted to but i just had a feeling like the people in the room particularly in the rows that we were in were mm-hmm. just like I don't need there there was it's very weird. So like the first four rows were very much like I'm feeling this this is a concert, this is an event. Uh and then like the back rows were unfortunately we got tickets were dead. We were they were just mellow. dead people. They were just sitting hold on, hold there on. just the two bleh. ladies sitting next to me. On they were bouncy. Right. They were bouncy. They were singing. Uh, there were two, one there were one two of them was three. up a couple of times dancing. Yep. There were uh, two or three people behind us. Mm-hmm. But the majority of like the uh, top three or four rows dead. Like they just sat there passively. Okay. Like the ladies next to me. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm like, well, what are you guys doing here if this is – I like this is supposed to be – yeah, an an event, something. I mean, for God's sake, if Stanley Tucci can get up and start dancing at a Taylor Swift concert, you are no better. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
The Tooch is the man. He exactly. <laughs> he is the man. Mm-hmm. He's unapologetically enjoying himself. Yes. You don't need to be very pretentious about and, it. And this tour apparently was a lot of spectacle because mm. – which I think they captured fairly well. Oh, God, yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, so I give them credit for that. Um, and we've had this discussion. There's a couple of songs I knew going in. Mm-hmm. Um, I am not the main audience for Taylor Swift's music as a 54-year-old uh, middle-aged guy. I understand that. Um, hey, be nice. My friend Wes would kill you. He would squash you <laughs> like a bug right now. He is a huge Taylor Swift fan. Okay. Because he respects the amount of musical oh, talent that she I, has and the fact that she I writes all her own stuff. I ha- I'm getting there. <laughs> okay. I'm getting there. Uh, I know I am not the you know main target audience of you know the experiences she's singing about, things like that. But, again, I do respect the craft that she brings. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, – I think, you know, her lyric writing is very clear. Obviously, it's very clear because it connects with so many younger people. Mm-hmm. And I think the 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 points that I was most engaged with the film in terms of the performance and everything was when they were a little bit more stripped down away from the spectacle. When she goes, welcome to my acoustic set, you know, yeah. and then sings, uh, what was it? Uh, Your, our our song. song. And um, at the other time when she was up by the uh, the the cabin thing and sang, what was it? Uh, Champagne Problems. Mm-hmm. Those were times that I was most actively engaged because it was just her performing a song. All too well. Yeah. I mean, for a lot really of this good. pop stuff, yeah, you want the big video screen. You want this... Uh, the video floor you want you know legions of dancers and everything and they're all wonderful and And the way she interacts with everyone Mm -hmm. you can you definitely get this vibe from her that yeah she's up there and she understands that they've come to see her they've come to see the music but she respects everyone who steps their foot into that stadium whether they be an audience member whether they're security whether they're her band whether they're her backup singers or her dancers she works just as hard as they do she doesn't have an ego about it and i appreciate that so much well here's a thing i noticed and you know that struck me very early on uh as i'm watching like dancers and singers uh you know backup vocalists and everything i realized her her backup Dancers mm-hmm. were not all slim women. No, they're, they're it's a mixture. There's of a lot of different body types, including some of the gentlemen too. Yeah, uh, some mixture of body types, and I appreciated that because it said I think it just made the show feel more inclusive. That it's not just skinnies, and we're not going to have any. You know, it's not about the appearance. It's about it's for the music. everyone. And dancing as expression of music or yes. expressing how music makes you feel. So I really did appreciate those elements, that element there. I was like, okay, that's nice. I like that. That's that's fantastic. Other people, you might not see something like that. Everybody has to be kind of like a slinky slink mm-hmm. uh, hottie coming yeah. along. Uh, but certainly never anybody as hot as the leads as your main singer because, you know, she's the star of the show. So <laughs> here it was, you had a mix of everyone and it was just, it was wonderful. Mm-hmm. You definitely got that vibe of my music is for everyone. When you come in, you are going to see yourself on the stage. You're going to see someone just like you who's enjoying it and you're going to feel welcome here. It, it feel, felt like a safe space. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, I agree. I agree. Um, yeah. And they and something I generally don't like is crowd reaction shots mm-hmm. in a concert film. I want to watch the performance. I don't want to see how people are reacting to the performance. Yeah. Because that it feels like the filmmaker is telling me, well, they're having a good time, so you should be having a good time. And I feel that's kind of manipulative in mm-hmm. a way. It's like, no, the performance should be making me have the good time. But here, when you cut to so many different people from little kids to, you know, older, you know, dads you know in their 30s or 40s taking their daughters or kids you know guys uh you know in their teens 
Uh, uh, there, there was a couple of uh, couples there yeah. too, male, uh, male, male, female, female. Yeah, it didn't matter, it, I, and I wasn't going to read that. Oh, those two must be gay just because they're standing next to each other. Maybe they are, maybe they aren't. But the inference, I think, is we're for everybody. We don't care. And I actually saw that up on stage at one point during the dance. The dancers there, there was some pair offs uh, that were kind of like, yeah, you know, we're at like a. Like a high school dance, just slow dancing mm-hmm. to with each other, and you had you had everyone. You had a gay couple, a lesbian couple. You had your usual cis couple. It was like and, it, and I love and it. And some of it was like white and black. Um, there was an Asian dancer or two in uh-huh. there. Uh, you know, they mixed all of that up. It was it, it it didn't matter at all. No. So I again something I really appreciated about the the whole thing and that whole message that she's putting out. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I just I had such a good time with this. Yes, um, you did. <laughs> hey. <laughs> no, I say I no, I I don't mean that to sound stark or silly, but you did. You were just like you, there were when songs started that you particularly like. You were fist pumping. You were. There were, woo, uh, there were um, moments where I just felt like I was fourteen again. Yes. Where I was. Well, I mean this. This uh, concert spans over 17 years worth of music. Mm -hmm. There's about six or seven albums played. Not all of them, but, you know. Represented. Yeah, represented here. Um, They do not go in chronological order. Four of them were done during the pandemic and after. Mm -hmm. So they've never even been performed live. Uh, The last uh, tour, I believe, was Reputation. That was 2018. Uh, so like, you got a a long jump here, about six years worth of, of music to, to, to get through, get through and, you know, find ways to interpret it for a live audience. Mm-hmm. Cause recording something in a studio and sometimes that songwriting process can be very different from the organic idea of just going out and performing it. Yeah, obviously it was very apparent which album or which era is my favorite. <laughs> okay. Um it's I I I I'm I'm not buying I'm not able to buy in on the an album is an era conceit. Um Oh really? I it I think that in certain pop culture things they try to make something sound much grander than maybe it is and not to diminish what her music is but the idea it's an era um feel feels maybe a little grandiose it's the same reason why i cringe when i hear somebody say the twilight saga um it's not really a saga but then again you know i see it in like marvel comic uh, marvel comic stuff oh it's the korvok saga no it's not it's not really a saga um i kind of get it because by calling it eras it's by saying it's the eras of my life and how i change or or how people change as they go through certain times in their life mm -hmm. those are eras eras don't have to mean like a decade or true true it it just means it can be a state of mind four eras in five years or something like that that feels a little like Pandemic over. did a number on a lot well, of people. Okay, yes, okay, yes, yes, yes. I'll give you that. It's and and honestly, like I said, it, I sometimes it's me, and it might be a case where I'm not entirely connecting with the material either for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when I see something like that, I'm like, oh, really? But um, also, but, each one is thematical in mm-hmm. its in its own way. Oh yeah. So I, like, Lover is going to be different from say Evermore mm-hmm. thematically. Yes. Um, I, and I, I understood, you know, I could yeah. see how each and, of these kind of play out like individual chapters. Yeah, and therefore there are their own eras mm-hmm. of styles of music as well as moments frozen in time. Yes. So I, I'm okay with calling it that. Okay. I mean, I'll call it that because that's what she's calling it. But <laughs> I, I may, that's literally the name of the tour, so we have I to may call it that. Excuse myself from the nomenclature. Oh, <laughs> damn! I knew we'd find a use oh. for that phrase at some point. It took oh, six years. Oh, that hurt my heart. <laughs> a quick backstory: <laughs> we were kicking around ideas for film, uh, short film titles, and God. I had said something along the lines of "I refuse, I recuse myself from the nomenclature." And I said that was a good title. Write that down. And now he's using it against me <laughs> yeah but, but we said that six <laughs> years ago or something like it was pre-pandemic i know that so 
And honestly, I didn't even realize I was going to say it till it started to come out of my mouth. Damn. So, anyways. um, But yeah, I think it's a, you know, obviously, this thing's going to do Big Bank. People are not going to go see it once and say, I'm good. Oh, no, no I've, I've already decided. I'm going back. Yeah, you've already decided. I, sure I, there are lots I decided of, out the moment it was over, I was going back. I'm sure there are a lot of kids who have already decided that their parents are bringing it back, them back to see it again. I'm not sure if the parents have been notified yet, but <laughs> it's going to happen. Uh, um, and Yeah, it's, it's one of those movies where if you connect with it, if you're a fan, you're going to go see it a couple of times because it's what theater going is about. It's a big, giant theater spectacle we saw it on a cinemax xd screen which is you know their fake imax or cinemark excuse me (laughs) uh cinemark xd theater you know their fake imax and (laughs) honest i'd love to see this in an imax like a actual like Like the king of prussia oh yeah a real imax five stories honest oh god what now I've got that idea in my head, and now I'm thinking of driving down the King of Prussia next Saturday. <laughs> I would love to see this on an IMAX screen because I just mm-hmm. think it's such a huge spectacle. The production value on this thing is freaking insane. Yeah, the stagecraft on display here is amazing. Yeah, it's it was there was a lot of stuff. There, although there was that one song early on, and I hate I hate to say this, but it was like the the LED lights on the floor mm. were uh, all like, I guess, supposed to be gold baubles or gold spheres or something. Oh, what? With the, and the way they the shadows hit and everything, when they looked straight down, it looked like they were dancing on top of giant matzas. Okay. <laughs> and um, I was like, if you Oi. look really close during that, it's sparkles on a guitar. That, oh, it's the, okay. It, that was during her fearless section, uh-huh. and the entire stage lit up into almost like a uh, what? Almost like a what are those? Like cigar guitars? You know what I'm talking about? Like the big, like the boxy. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, like banjo old... guitars. Yeah. yeah. And and th- so they had turned like the center diamond part of the stage into like that style of guitar mm-hmm. but it was sparkling so yeah it did look like giant matzo balls but you had to like follow the where the lines were mm-hmm. to see the full outline yes. yeah and it makes sense because fearless was one of her first albums um that was back when she was almost like country pop like mm-hmm. we're talking like little singer jewel yeah. yeah like that kind of vibe to her um and so everything was more uh, acoustic and, and toned down, very much big, bigger with the the band, um, and kind of yeah, like yeah, little yeah. singer songwriter, like when she was yeah. working and, Allentown stuff. And, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I have to admit too that the um, the production detail on everything, on things that most people probably wouldn't either see. Because I know where you're where, going with this. Where you're way up on the top <laughs> row of the SoFi Stadium and you're seeing little colorful dots dancing around on stage. Or if you're even up front, you're probably just too enamored that you're that close to seeing Taylor Swift live that you're not going to notice really that she goes through and I counted <laughs> 10 different microphones. Honest, I thought there was one for every single era, and there's like just se- about seven or eight eras in this. Yeah, so. I mean, she starts off with that that bedazzled one that has all the jewels that you see on the cover of the the poster for the concert film. Yeah, and then she goes through a series of ones. Um, there's like a one that's wood tone. Well, give me a second. I can pull up the uh, the set list. One, two, <laughs> three, four, five, uh, six, seven. Eight. Okay, nine eras she goes through. So then there's technically one for every single era. At least. (laughs) Because I noticed the one for Reputation had like the snake wrapped up Mm -hmm. around her hand as if it was like the cross guard on a rapier. Oh, yeah. That's the red one. with, (laughs) And it kind of had like the thing coming out of it. Uh It wrapped around her arm. Yeah, if she pulls that microphone too close, she's poking her own eye out. Well, (laughs) you you noticed uh, I showed you a couple of the videos before we started recording. Mm -hmm. So you understand how like the snake plays into, I think I showed you, look what we made me do. And you saw how it was like wrapped around her arm during Mm -hmm. the actual video. So playing that into the microphone, I thought was pretty freaking cool. But there was like a blue one, a black one with white sparkles, Uh, um, a second brown one. Yes, I caught two different browns. Because... 
Well, there was early on that was kind of like one with wood tone, and then mm-hmm. a second time when once they had the 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 folklore cabin was it? Mm-hmm. Um, when she was singing with the guitar, she had one. She had that on the mic stand. When she takes the guitar off, she picks up a second brown microphone. <laughs> I'm like. The, the one on the stand's just good. I mean, you were using it just like two seconds ago. <laughs> uh, uh, there's like a blue and white one. There's another multicolored sparkly one. There's a solid gold one when she sat down for, I think that was for the acoustic set. Yeah. And then uh, another one with just blue sparkles on it. Um, for midnight. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it was, <laughs> I was, you know, and part of my brain is always, whenever I'm watching any of these things, part of my brain is always thinking about, Okay, how are they doing this? Yeah, I was and, wondering about a lot of those freaking was costume like, is, changes. They go so freaking fast. Well, those I think aren't so fast so much as they were like edits for time. You know, they might have been I've like I've seen some of the transitions. They went really quick. Really? Yeah. Okay. Okay, they weren't like a 30 or 45 seconds of people just applauding and then Thank oh. you TikTok. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay, cuz that's what I was thinking. I was like, okay, she's down there. She back up. Um, uh, trans- but- some of them were like maybe 10 seconds. Some of them were like 40 seconds. It was, it, it depended mm-hmm. on the oh, yeah. section, but I'm sure she had some layers. of them went really quick. Yes. And, but I was wondering, I was like, is there just like one guy on tour who's like Taylor Swift's personal microphone technician? And all he does is run around and make sure like all 10 microphones are where <laughs> they need to be. And if they have batteries in them. <laughs> Oh, if they didn't, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, but again, you know, it's that small amount of uh, – small attention to detail of theming just even the microphones and how they look in her hand to those different sections of the concert uh, is, is – it was a fantastic att- point of detail. The editing also on this movie is really freaking good. It's – yeah. Mm, well, any concert movie – and mm-hmm. I say this as having watched a lot of concert videos, like back in the 80s, MTV would have, I think it was like on Friday nights, um, every week would be a new concert that they had an hour concert of. Mm-hmm. You know, so you would see like Sheila E. or then, you know, uh, George Thorogood and the Delaware Destroyers. Oh, and then Duran Duran yeah. and Cars and, and all that stuff. Any of those concert films, you're always going to have things with a little dicey editing at times. And I will say once or twice, there were some shots here that – and to get technical, they crossed the 180. And I don't care if they crossed the 180. I, know, I couldn't I, even I, freaking tell. I, I, I was like, oh, wait, wait. Oh, okay. I think we just crossed the 180 there. Oh, well. Yeah. But, you know, you were having so much fun with the songs and everything. You didn't notice. You didn't care. It didn't bother you. And that's fine. And, you know, I will say even in a few things I th- hold in high esteem, there may be one or two edits like that, too, that crossed the 180. And I was like, ah, oh, hmm, go figure. And, and, I hadn't realized that till recently. So <laughs> that's just because my brain over the years have you know shifted on how I watch from a technical thing uh, toward, to a technical to, yeah. towards more you know now that we're shooting technical our own awareness. Stuff, yeah. Yes, um, but I I've always figured once you know the 180, you can go ahead and break the 180. You can find ways to trip it up. Mm-hmm. Um, so you it, it's not something that is. Foul. It, yeah, it, it's it's you, not a big yeah. point, but it was just something that you know clicked with me while we were watching it. So it's it's not. Yeah. I'm not saying it as a detriment to. I still think the editing on this thing was freaking killer because there's just so much, mm-hmm. and like you could go, okay, I, I want to see a, a crowd shot here, or I want a massive wide, or let's get in close on her, or let's get the background dancers. Mm-hmm. I, and, some of them they they edit so freaking fast and it really gives you like when i think of how fast the edits are let me just say the opening of the reputation section cuz that's that's one of the moments i really caught it uh with the engrossing snake that wrapped around <laughs> the freaking stage mm-hmm. and then when you started getting the the opening beats of the song with the bam 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 and the really quick shots of everything i was like holy shit because they started blending into the same shot mm-hmm. like three different shots all into one really fast and i was like this thing's blowing my mind. It's literally blowing my mind with how quick this is going and it actually works and it cements the vibe of what this album is 
before she's even opened up her damn mouth and sang the first note. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, I mean, you go from, I think she went from folklore into reputation, right? Yeah, which is a vibe shift. It's a huge vibe shift. You're going from like uh, druids in the woods and very ethereal vibes to I'm coming to fuck shit up. (laughs) Like we're going to fight. And I was... I, my brain was like, I, God, I can't handle this. This is amazing. This is actually <laughs> freaking amazing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the the editing holds up. It covers everything. You get a lot of good coverage. Um, the vibe shifts are amazing as well, too. Yeah. And solidly well-constructed film. Yeah. Three hours, you have to and, – and, oh. and nine eras – there has to be some sort of you. You can't blow your wad early. You've got to, you know, leave them hanging, True. give them moments to breathe, then bring the energy back up, and then okay, we're gonna tone it down a little bit more, and mm-hmm. maybe just a little more after that. And okay, th- we don't need them falling asleep. Let's bring it back up <laughs> a little, and then a little more, and then we'll bam, we'll hit him. And I was like, whoever constructed the the set list. Give them a raise because three hours is a long time on a concert. Like, I mean, two, two and a half. Yeah. But this thing was closer to three, I think. Yeah, yeah. it was. It was it was exactly three hours because the movie started at 11. We walked out of there exactly at two o'clock. Exactly. We had at two about o'clock. Five, ten minutes of trailers, didn't we? Like we had five a minutes, yeah. but five minutes but even that, yeah. is yeah. So and th- for, three or four minutes on the back end. I mean, ten minutes is not going to make much of a difference. Yeah. In technically, yeah, three yeah. hours <laughs> with no intermission, no break. I feel for her because that's that's something that you really that's a marathon. No, not just for the audience, but for her as a performer to mm-hmm. go through those jumps and hoops. Was there an intermission during the actual live show or not? I, I mean, because that's easily don't know. Lead I, through. Honest, I don't know. Okay. And also, my other question was: Was it all one night, or did they shoot multiple nights? No, uh, Sophie, I think was one night. I think I really? don't know. Okay, there was a couple of times I was, you know, they'd have a shot. And then they'd cut to something looking, you know, almost almost a reverse. And I'm like, wait a minute. Shouldn't there be a camera like over her shoulder or shouldn't there be? And so I was wondering, OK, were they shooting two diff- two or three different nights or were, you know, were they shooting like something so long lensed that, you know, they were so zoomed in that you, you know, technically when you go to the reverse, you really couldn't see because the other camera I noticed that too. I'm... into the blackness yeah. behind her or something. So, yeah. So, again. Uh, technical tech, tech brain uh, was kicking in but if it was and i'm noticing these things and i'm thinking about it that just speaks to uh the the marvel of what this this film is mm-hmm. thoughts on i posed a question to you okay here we go <laughs> come on you knew it was common yeah i did Last week during The Exorcist and when we were talking about going to see this this week, I asked you, could this be the stop making sense of the new generation? Um, okay. As, as Barring the fact that you are biased. I know I, you were biased. I know. I know. I'm going to address that. Hold on. Okay. Okay. First of all, Talking Heads, one of my all-time favorite bands. Mm. Very important to me. And that's part of the reason I connect with Stop Making Sense. Yes. In that same way, there is a whole generation or two of Taylor Swift fans who connect to her music, and it means something very special to them. They have a very personal connection. So this movie is going to function similarly for them the way Stop Making Sense functions for me. So 40 years from now, if there's a re-release of this in theaters, if theaters still exist... Some of these people might be like me and go see it again and have some very strong emotional reactions. Um, maybe, you know, shed a tear or two for friends who also enjoy this music who is no who were no longer with them. Um, or just a tear or two that they can't get up and dance like a maniac for the whole <laughs> movie like they used to be able to because their knees are all shot out now. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> but – uh, so yeah, so that way, yes, it is 
a stop making sense for this generation. The same way The Last Waltz or The, um, wall. the wall or Woodstock, the documentary Woodstock is for other generations. That's fine. That, you know, that speaks to the power of A, music, B, cinema, and A, music, B, music, C, uh, the specific bands and how we interact with, you know, the previous two things. As cinema, just removing my feelings about the music and removing, you know, uh, you know, my non non connection with a lot of Taylor Swift stuff through no fault of her own or my own. It's just, you know, we don't connect looking at them both as just cinema. I still want to give it a little bit of an edge to stop making sense in terms of how they captured what they captured, how director Jonathan Demme uh, brought you on stage with the band in a way that made you feel like you were part of that community and made you feel, helped you feel a connection to the mm-hmm. community that is slowly built over the first several songs. And I think also there's an assuredness to the filmmaking process itself that I see a little bit more in Stop Making Sense. And I'll tell you why. There's one song about two thirds of the way through the movie, okay. um, Once in a Lifetime. It was one of the Talking Heads' first big hits uh, on MTV. Uh, one of the you know big you know artistic videos. It very much you know an impactful moment in their career. And for the song, Demi starts starts with a shot on Bernie Worrell, a uh, keyboard player, mm. pans down to David Byrne, and at the microphone singing. Dancing, singing, dancing, singing, dancing, and holds that shot of David Byrne, starting from Bernie Well all the way down to David Byrne, holds that shot for four minutes and 32 seconds. It's a oneer. Never cuts away to anybody else. Uh, and then for the like the last minute, they cut away to some other stuff going on during the song. And I almost suspect, and no one's ever, you know, mentioned it in like an interview or something. But I'm wondering if the camera they were holding uh, on Burn for that whole time, and he commands that whole performance, so you don't even notice it at first. It took me years before I realized that. Wait, this is this is a single shot, isn't it? Um, that um, I I almost want to believe that because they were shooting 35 millimeter, that the camera probably uh, the Ran out of film because, you know, they only have like 12, 20 minutes or whatever. And and, the thing. and I wish that um, for a couple of those songs in the Eras tour, I wish the director had felt confident enough because he should have to allow just a camera to sit on Taylor Swift during one of her performances and let's just watch particularly her. one of the piano acoustics. yeah like yeah like champagne dilemma or uh, champagne problems the champagne problems excuse me or um uh, our song yeah. our song particularly i think would have been just boom because that's going all the way back to her career it's stripping everything out all the artifice all the you know all the uh, extra things that are around it, and it's just her, a song that she wrote for her ninth grade talent show, she said, as she introduced it. And I think that would have been the time to just kind of sit there and really just let us watch her perform that song. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, yeah, there's some you know slow dissolves and stuff like that during that song, um, but I sort of wish you know th- that he had allowed just be a little bit more cinematic with it. Um and, and, you know, and it's maybe not great form to criticize a movie for what it isn't um, or what it doesn't do. Uh, but I felt I felt that they could have gotten away with something like that. And I think that would have maybe even moved the whole experience up another notch for me. OK. All right. OK. Um, I, I was like because I was thinking about that as we're watching this. And, um, you know, I knew that the of the oneer you know, and I was like. I have a feeling we're going to have to talk about the oneer and stop making sense at some point. So let me just <laughs> so this morning, uh, right before I left, I rewatched that whole that whole performance again. I was like, 
Oh my goodness. Um, everything in Aristor is shot very well. Great composition. I can't complain. Um, I think there's some more interesting artistically done composition in Stop Making Sense. Um, I I said to our mutual friend John after I had seen it, you know, mm-hmm. with him, a friend of mine from high school. I said there is not a frame of this movie I wouldn't want blown up into a large picture to hang on a wall in my home. Uh, just because I think there's so many, you know, incredible, incredible, incredible shots um, in terms of, you know, and this is just, you know, with this is in a regular theater with just like stage lighting, you know, the f- above and below. Um, no giant LED walls. Okay, there's like a black screen behind them that does get lit up with slides on for two numbers and bathed in a red glow for two other numbers. Mm. But beyond that, though, um, a lot of it is not as high tech, obviously, because it's far from 40 years ago. Yeah. But uh, there's so much in there that I find like very visually stimulating and visually interesting going on uh, from just the ray of light coming off backstage onto the stage and David Byrne's shoes as he walks out to start the show with his uh, acoustic guitar to, you know, all sorts of things that they do throughout the whole thing. But again, part of that may be tinted by, you know, <laughs> 40 some years of Talking Heads fandom and rewatching that movie probably about 50 or 60 times. And I've seen this other thing once. So so it's a little it's a little lopsided, I think, you know, for me to compare, but I I hope I'm at least giving it, uh eras its due at least. Of course. Thank you. Uh I do have another question. Uh-oh. What does this mean for cinemas? We next have uh Beyoncé's uh tour concert coming out. Mm-hmm. Which I <laughs> don't think is going to do as well here i don't I, mm, you see yeah i don't see it doing as well here's the thing and i can't remember if i talked with you about this or not um taylor swift has a relationship with her fans it feels very organic it feels very humble. shared experience yeah yeah and humble and you know there's a lot of love expressed back and forth i i mentioned to you earlier on about how during a lot of this, um, there there was still that faraway look in her eyes of, I am just so grateful to mm-hmm. be on this stage. It was like deer in headlights. Like, holy, I can't believe this is my life even 17 years later. Yeah. Yes. Beyonce's fans, and again, I speak from a position of an outsider who, it's not my cup of tea for music. Um, they seem to be very... Aggressive. Aggressive. <laughs> About we their are, love. We are the beehive. And there seems to be something that's very braggadocio about. That's a word. Yeah, isn't it? Holy you know, shit. It's like, we're awesome. She's awesome. Everything's awesome. And it's, we have to worship her. Um, there, it, There's a difference between the love between Taylor Swift and her fans and the worship element. It feels like between. It does feel different. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure her fandom will show up for this. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's if it's going to have that same fervor or maybe it will. I don't know. I it doesn't feel to me like it will um for whatever reason, but eh, I've been wrong before about box office. So <laughs> speaking of box office, given mm. the fact that autumn and winter this year is kind of lacking in how much promotion can be done mm-hmm. for uh, a lot of the movies. I mean, we have we have uh, the Marvels coming out in about two weeks, and I don't think we're going to have a lot in the way of promotion for it yeah. because obviously your actors can't go on late night. They can't go on morning shows to promote. <laughs> Is there even a point to having a premiere if no Dune one shows was, up? Dune was pushed back into next year. Yeah. Um, so, a couple of other things. Yeah. And um, It's a mess. We haven't been seeing a lot this year at all in terms of – like bigger box office things raking in the money that they should, apart from Oppenheimer and Barbie. Barbie. Um, honest, I'm I'm gonna toss a coin out there. Taylor Swift's film may actually surpass Oppenheimer. 
in terms of box office. Hmm. Well, I don't it's, think it's going to surpass Barbie. No, but no, I think not, it's, it's not going to hit a billion. Could it hit like what what Oppenheimer did was about eight hundred ninety million somewhere in there, close to nine hundred. If it million? doesn't hit that, it's going to hit at least six hundred. Yeah, and that's. I, I certainly don't see this movie tailing off fast. I, I think we're going to see a very low. You know, normally like second weekend, you see like a forty to fifty percent drop off. Yeah. Uh, anything more than sixty, it's bad, bad news. Um, I think the longer this stays in theaters, it's not going to be so much kids going out to see it with their parents anymore. It's going to be the true, the true Taylor Swift fans who are technically my age. So you're going to see people who are, you know, from twenty to mid thirties, the people who were with her when it first. When mm-hmm. she first started, they're the ones that's going to keep this thing going. You, you don't think you think it's going to be like a slightly older demo pushing the box office for oh, God, a repeat yeah. thing versus yeah. versus like teen girls who push the box office on Titanic. Yeah, no, there's going to be a difference now, and the difference okay. is is parents are going to be looking at this mm-hmm. going, "Well, I took you to see it once already. I'm not taking you again." Whereas the people who are my age have a little disposable income, who have a little more disposable income, a little more time on their hands, they can arrange their 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 time accordingly, mm-hmm. are going to be going. Hey, um, instead of going out and getting drunk this Friday like we did last Friday, you want to go see Taylor Swift with me again? Yeah, sure. I mean, yeah, it's 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 a it's a fun dance party. Yeah, it's a fun for, dance for, party. You know, for you, people, you're gonna I, leave feeling better than when you walked in. I think that's what they're gonna be looking for. Mm-hmm. In, given our current climate, uh, people yeah. need moments uh, to just be happy. Yeah. And, and speaking <laughs> of dance party, this is something I mentioned I, as we were walking into the theater. I wanted to talk to you about afterwards mm-hmm. on here. Um, there's lots of um, video floating around on Twitter. TikTok, yeah, I saw one last night of kids, you know, dancing in the aisles, you know, that ring of (laughs) ring around the rosy thing going on in the pit. Oh my god, that was amazing! That was so cute. I was like, oh, they're having a great time. Those weren't just kids; those were people my age. I know, love that. Okay, look, I saw Stop Making Sense with this uh, re-release once in IMAX for the uh, Toronto Film Festival uh, Mm -hmm. simulcast. Because that's my job. Uh, <laughs> that oh, was pretentious. I know. Sorry. Um, <laughs> and then I saw it three times at our local Cinemark. Uh, once with a friend and then twice on my own. Um, I danced. <laughs> I've danced in the theater. When uh, the one screening, I was the only person there. I got up and I danced like no one was watching because no one was. And <laughs> I, I had a great time. And because that's what happens. The music hit me. And then I see people on like Twitter going, oh, my God, these people are acting like crazy during this movie, during this it's whole thing. It's not a movie. Well, it, it's, it's a concert experience. film. It's, it becomes an experience. Yes. Film. It's still a film, but I think it becomes an experience. And I'm sitting there thinking, dude, there, there are so many times when movies are you, – did you expect people just, you know, Taylor Swift fans to sit there very respectfully and watching passive. this and watching this like it's, um, you know, an Igmar Bergman film? And, and the way <laughs> and go, I, Oh, hmm, yes. Yeah, there's uh, that. No. And then I, I, I look at it and go, the people who are – a lot of them who are going to see this this film, a lot of them probably couldn't afford – the resale prices of the fucking tickets for this True. concert. Yeah. No matter how much this they really wanted only to see way this. To do it. Yeah. So honest I think for Taylor to release this to the masses so people could experience it. It, outside of mm-hmm. the monopoly well, of Ticketmaster well, and all that. Well, I'm just is, speaking as I, this is this is their this is their concert. This is their yes, experience. This is for them too. Don't take that away from them. Don't no, take away the I'm reaction. I'm just saying in general. Okay, yes. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking. I know. I know. No, I know. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm saying, um, in general, film is supposed to be a communal experience activity. Yeah. It. Yeah. You Grand, laugh yes, together. Yes. You cry together. You, you, you scream during Endgame. Yeah. Yeah. You don't get. You know. If, People just sitting respectfully silent. You don't get moments like Endgame. You don't get people laughing through comedies. You don't get people crying in melodramas or dramas. You you don't get Rocky Horror Picture Show. Mm-mm. You don't even get anything crazy like The Tingler when that came out and they were just run, run for your lives. The Tingler's in the theater. And they have the little buzzers in the seats making people go, ah! <laughs> 
<laughs> um, you know, none of that would happen if you always wanted people to be super respectful and just sit there in science. That's ridiculous. So I, I really think anybody who's begrudging somebody from enjoying this movie, you know, like I said, I, you know, may have some little minor nitpicks here and there, but I am so happy for like all the kids who were there who are just like dancing and singing along and having a great time because I, I went in there knowing that's that's what that was. Mm-hmm. Um, I am a casual Taylor Swift fan. I would never say that I am the biggest Swifty in the world. Um, I probably only know the main songs off of each album. I understand some of the backstory. I understand the Easter eggs. I've mm-hmm. seen a lot of the videos. Uh, but I would n- by no way call myself a Swifty. You know what? Hmm. I, I didn't until just now. I I'm I, I'll say it. I'm a Swifty now. Okay, I, good I, for you. <laughs> it, it, that, I'm not, but I have a better appreciation. Yeah, I so think you know I, seeing would, that film, seeing how she interacts with the people around her, seeing the respect that she has, not just for the music, but for the fans, for everyone who works so freaking hard mm-hmm. by even just putting this thing out into the world to make certain that the people, the little people, the mm-hmm. people who couldn't spend thousands of dollars to come see her, still get the opportunity to be a part of this experience and this hey, event. And I'm glad I saw it. I'm glad yeah. I, I'm glad I saw it with you because, you know, sometimes you are my eyes that I see through certain experiences. And so I appreciate that always. I and wanted to get up and dance, but you apart could've. from honest, yeah, I know you were kind of tired this morning. <laughs> well, yeah, there was that. But I was looking around the people in the top couple of rows and I'm like this is this is definitely not the row to be in if I want to start dancing. <laughs> I would need to be down lower, but then I would feel like a creep just kind of going down there. <laughs> <laughs> With all the preteen teen girls. Kind of, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see that. Um, <laughs> would, would I go see this movie again? I kind of want to take my mom to see it. That might be fun. Um, would I go see this movie again? Maybe if some friends were going – um, and saying, hey, we're going to see the uh, – all right, I'll go along. I wonder you if I could get Darren um, if I say, hey, let's double date with Wesson and his wife. You might be <laughs> that able might to. Be. <laughs> but, but it's, it's certainly nothing like if I walked into a room and I saw somebody – you know, watching it on TV or something, I wouldn't run screaming out of the room either. So it's like, I'd be like, oh, cool. And uh, that's, oh, Eras Tour, cool. You know, I might sit down and watch a couple of songs. So that's your version of, oh, Spice World. And <laughs> yeah. your, your girlfriend and her daughter turned around and looked at you like, how do you know this? And you're like, Richard O'Brien. And they're, <laughs> and they're like, figures that's the one thing well you would hold know. On. not just girlfriend this was this was my wife at the time we were married at the time when i walked Sorry. came into the came into the condo to give the full story uh came into our condo one day uh after work uh my now ex-wife and her daughter watching tv i glance over i go oh spice world and i keep walking into the kitchen and paula was like how did you know that i go richard o'brien and and now paula who is a Rocky Horror fan and has performed Columbia in a shadow cast, uh, turns, oh, okay, yeah, I could see that. <laughs> Honest, uh, the I wasn't a big Spice Girls fan until mm-hmm. after I watched Spice World for the first it's, time. It's a fun movie. It's, I would, it's, it's so bonkers off the wall. I would actually probably watch it again, maybe with a, a – adult libation or two but <laughs> it's uh, i'd love to do it as like a group activity yeah particularly my girlfriend because there's some funny stuff i you know meatloaf is, as their bus driver it, this, uh, the, I, the whole bus chase scene is fucking insane right up to the the model shop yes! that's that kills me <laughs> that that's a great joke um but, a lot of the comedy uh, i don't know what to wear the little gucci dress the little gucci dress or the little Gucci dress. Yes. How, oh, I know. How about the little Gucci dress? Now you're talking, babe. <laughs> yeah, like... it's, a, it's very British uh, music hall. It's at, really at dry on the comedy, mm-hmm. and I freaking uh, love it. But Meatloaf's character, I, in my mind, is the same bus driver character he played in a movie in the 70s called Roadie. <laughs> and so to me, it's just like his Roadie character just kind of like migrated to England at some point and became the Spice Girl. It's it's a cinematic universe that nobody asked for. Oh, I, I, I definitely turn into Leo from like <laughs> Once Upon a Time in Hollywood when I'm watching that. 
because uh, I'm like, oh, there's Elton John. Oh, there's Meatloaf. You got Richard O'Brien. There's oh, Jonathan Ross. There's, there's <laughs> Jason Fleming and R- Roger Moore. And oh my God, you just got Elvis Costello to walk in and be a bartender for a second and walk out of frame. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's a crazy movie. Um, but getting back to Era is really yes, quick. Eras, yeah, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no, I would I would definitely love to just go back and see this a couple more times. Um, I wish some more of my girlfriends and stuff were bigger Taylor Swift fans. I don't think I. You can think it would be a good girls' night out? I think so. If they were more than just your, like, very very minimal casual Mm -hmm. fan uh like they probably know love story and a couple of the earlier stuff but probably haven't listened to her since like shake it off um Mm -hmm. yeah they're not gonna go out of their way on streaming to listen to her and i doubt a lot of them have access to like the radio at their (laughs) their their work um I, i definitely do there is a radio on full freaking time so I was hearing songs tonight where I'm like, oh, so that's what that one is. I always wondered who sang that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, I just, uh, I don't know. I really, I think this would be a great film to vibe as a group too. Um, unfortunately, as we learned during Barbie, when I got a group of people together, uh, some were there and some were not but most of it was not the energy that i was kind of looking for i just think go see it enjoy um just let it carry you Mm -hmm. because that's exactly what this thing is gonna do okay and i think that just about wraps us up though Remember, you can find us online at bigpicturepod.com. We are now available on iTunes and Google Play. So use the link in the show notes post. Head directly there. Search and hit subscribe. And if you like what you're listening, please leave a positive review because that always helps us connect with new listeners. Now, next week, oh boy. this is it, right? Oh, this is yeah, the one? we got to do it. Okay. Yeah. Now we I, have to. I, I, I have just, to plug this. Yes, okay. Go ahead. We are doing, for spooky season, we're back on our spooky season kick, um, we are doing a double feature of Sus- Dario Argento's Suspiria versus, I can never fucking remember his last name or how to pronounce it, but Luca, blah, blah, yeah. blah, Suspiria from 2018. We are going to review and compare and contrast Trust. these fuckers <laughs> <laughs> wow okay oh they're they're beasts I'll, I'll admit i have been listening to some jessica um uh, harper singing recently uh, i've actually I've, never seen the original I've i had, need to get on it i've had uh, the the uh soundtrack from shock treatment playing in the car while driving around for new york uh, comic-con um well it's, a, it's i enjoy that movie so um but yeah that will be uh next week and that's all right here on the big picture podcast Shotgun with my hair undone in the front seat of his car. He's got a one hand feel on the steering wheel, the other on.